This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Baptism of the Lord A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up on high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. Here comes with power, says the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers his lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. O bless the Lord, my soul. O bless the Lord, my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great indeed. You are clothed with majesty and glory, robed in light as with a cloak. You have spread out the heavens like a tent cloth. O bless the Lord, my soul. You have constructed your palace upon the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You travel on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers and flaming fire your ministers. O bless the Lord, my soul. How manifold are your works, O Lord. In wisdom you have wrought them all. The earth is full of your creatures. The sea also great and wide, in which are schools without number of living things, both small and great. O bless the Lord, my soul. They look to you to give them food in due time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. O bless the Lord, my soul. If you take away their breath, they perish and return to the dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the earth. O bless the Lord, my soul. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Titus. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires, and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age, as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness, and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. When the kindness and generous love of God and our Savior appeared, 
not because of any righteous deeds we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, which he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice from heaven came, You are my beloved Son, and with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, as we begin our commentary today, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. The (laughs) end of the Christmas season. Yes. I mean, I realize that most people have put away their stuff and not even thinking about Christmas. Uh, The world has certainly, they moved on from Christmas, December 26th. But uh, this indeed is the end of the Christmas season, isn't it, Carla? It is indeed. We have ordinary time that starts the Monday after the baptism of the Lord. So we've had a wonderful Christmas season of, what, two, two and a half weeks or so. Um, So we'll start the first week in ordinary time. But I I think, you know, as as we're talking here, I I really want to highlight how the church has a different speed than the world, doesn't it, Carla? You know, mm-hmm. we we don't go ahead and say, okay, Christmas is one day and it's done. We're going to go ahead and spend four Sundays in Advent to prepare. Then we're going to celebrate Christ's birth. And oh, by the way, sell it, celebrate it for the season. How beautiful, I think, the church and how wise she is to be able to say, we're not going to just go ahead and just do one day. We're going to go ahead and reflect. We're going to prepare. Then we're going to celebrate. We don't celebrate for just a day. We celebrate for a season, don't we? Yes, and it brings us into that natural rhythm. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. does. There's a lot of wisdom in that. So uh, talking about wisdom, we're going to hear from uh, Isaiah today. He's got a ton of wisdom in chapter 40, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, Isaiah delivers words of comfort to the Jewish people, speaking to them about a God who comforts his people and tenderly pardons the guilt of that nation. Their decades-long exile in Babylonia was finally coming to an end, and they would be returning home to Jerusalem, only to find it in ruins. And that would have been heartbreaking, especially to see that magnificent temple that was built by King Solomon brought down to just uh, just ruins was left. And Isaiah's message is also one of celebration, encouraging Jerusalem to cry out the good news of victory won for them by the power of God. And the last line of this reading leaves us with an image of a shepherd feeding his flock and gently carrying his lambs. And I think that that's a very important piece that Isaiah brings up because it it expanded the view of what the Messiah is and what he would be. I think most people, uh, most Jews back then were most comfortable with the Jewish military vision, the power and might. And it says here before the shepherds, it says, here comes with power the Lord God who rules by his strong arm. But then what 
type of power is he going to wield? And that's what I think you really hit on is he says, he's actually going to be a shepherd king. He's going to rule as a shepherd. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock and gathers his lambs and and leads the ewes with care. So what a beautiful, really, expansion of that, maybe that more narrow view. And talking about expanding views, I really want to highlight here, in the middle of the reading, I think is beautiful. You know, every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill be made low, and the rugged lands a plain. While we're talking about these these seasons that the church has, I really want to encourage, it talks here about Christ's earthly ministry. And I really want to encourage people to think about Christ's earthly ministry as the bridge between Christmas, which we just celebrated, and Easter, which we will be celebrating. You know, we celebrate the birth of Christ, then we have a season of Christ's earthly ministry, and then we remember his passion, death, and resurrection. So think about that as that bridge and kind of that season of of his life and that as earthly ministry. As we transition into ordinary time. Exactly. Right. Uh-huh. Here again, that ties, that we bring all those ties together in the uh, in the church calendar. Good point. Well, in the second reading, we hear from Paul writing to Titus. Yeah, St. Paul wrote this letter of encouragement to Titus, who was living in a pagan culture. St. Paul reminds him that Jesus came to redeem all of mankind through his suffering and death on a cross, and that our salvation is made possible through baptism. And this letter is relevant for us today. Our once godly nation has become a cesspool of sin and debauchery. Even the church has become infested by leaders who through their immoral lifestyles have deeply wounded the very people they vowed to protect. So you see, we're not so very different from the world of St. Paul when he wrote this letter. And we need to develop a heightened awareness in this treacherous society so we can steer clear of situations that would require us to compromise our integrity as Christians. We must take the time at least once a month to recall our sins, the times that our actions were self-centered rather than God-centered, and go to confession. A good practice is to do this in conjunction with First Saturday devotions. And we should take a kind of moral inventory. Begin by looking at our closest circle of friends. Are they leading us to God or away from Him? And then our recreation time, the television programs we watch, the books we read. Do these activities stimulate our imagination in a way that increases our appreciation for God and creation, or do they portray situations in which human beings are ridiculed, mocked, and debased? Wow, what you said there was very important. In fact, I want to go back to that beginning expression you said, we live today in a cesspool of sin and debauchery. Mm-hmm. And and how do we, that it's so, it created such a, um, a visual in my mind here, you know, of almost like drowning in this mucky, terrible stuff that's stinky. And, and yet what, what Titus or Paul is writing here, training us to reject that, mm-hmm. reject that sin, reject that debauchery. I, I hear what you're saying here is really us, the need for us to create a, I'll call it a spiritual fitness plan, embrace the spiritual fitness plan. And, and how do we do that? I have three, um, Three easy steps. You too can create a spiritual fitness plan. Three easy steps. <laughs> First thing I think is really that that mental discipline that you need to start with. I think it starts with a decision. You have to say, I am going to reject these sinless worldly ways. I am going to embrace Christ and his and his desire for me. So if le- you can at least make that decision first. That's that mental discipline. Then I realize that at some point you need to 
uh, you know, eat that elephant, so to speak, and at least embrace some physical discipline. Much like in Advent, we celebrated some physical discipline. In in, in um, Lent, we're going to have the opportunity to say, make sure you make that decision to embrace a physical discipline of whatever that is, as easy it is or as hard it is for you. I mean, find something that you can make you a little uncomfortable. It's something you can still physically do. I really think at that point, then you hit the third part, which is the spiritual discipline. You have the physical discipline. You've learned to go ahead and train your body. Now you train your soul and your spirit. Those are, I think, the three steps. That, I think, then leads to these four cardinal virtues, to be able to live a life of prudence, fortitude, temperance, and justice, and how beautiful and important that is. Those things will mean that we're not going to allow ourselves to get spiritually flabby, because that would be a bad thing. Yep, you know, and making an effort like you're talking about to keep track of how we spend our leisure time, making good choices in what we do with that time, that will, like you say, help us grow in virtue, and St. Paul tells us, so that we will be justified in God's grace and become heirs of eternal life. Amen, that's right. Well, let's go ahead and move to the gospel. We have here, actually, this is the second of three formal manifestations that we the church gives us in a row. We actually didn't mention that last week, but last week we had the epiphany. This week we have the baptism. And next week, I'm not going to tell you yet because it's going to be a surprise and I want you to listen next week. But this is the second of the three. So what do we have here, Carla? Well, we have the baptism of our Lord. And this one marked the beginning of Jesus's life of public ministry. And just as importantly, by his baptism, Jesus established the means by which all mankind would be saved. We know that Jesus is God who took on flesh and became man. And we know that God, this God-man, he was sinless. But there's a lot of confusion amongst our Protestant brothers and sisters, and even among many Catholics, about the purpose of baptism. First, we have to remember the difference with John's baptism. John's baptism was one of repentance, not for the remission of sin. It was the precursor for the sacrament of baptism. When John baptized Jesus... Jesus wasn't sanctified by the water, but rather the water was sanctified by Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was not sanctified by the water, but the water was sanctified by Jesus. And it was this event upon which Jesus established the sacrament of baptism, the means by which original sin and actual sin are washed away, forgiven by God, and our relationship with God is reconciled. Through baptism, we become adopted sons and daughters of God and heirs to the kingdom. And so the catechism sums it up beautifully. The baptized have put on Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, baptism is a bath that purifies, justifies, and sanctifies. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.